Hi there, let's talk sports friends. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk Fantasy Football. And I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Larson from Fantasy Football for the People. Thanks for joining me today, Ryan. Absolutely, Dan. And we are now in the final week before most, I will say most, fantasy football playoffs start. So this is this is a big week. Yeah, um, it definitely is. We're definitely in the business side of the season and sort of these fantasy leagues. Um, before we get started, an announcement we sort of previewed um, last week is, and I've mentioned this on a couple of my other shows, from the 1st of January, it looks like all our content will be going on our own Roku channel for a partnership with Northeast Stream and Sports, which... None of the content will change. For example, this show, me and Ryan will still make the show the same. It just means the audience will potentially grow, which means the community can interact with each other. Can only mean good things. Worst case scenarios, things stay the same. So I'm very excited for this. I know Ryan is too. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, It's big to be able just to find more avenues to outreach to people. And now you guys have even more ways to watch. If you don't want to go to Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, now you even have the ability to go to your Roku and just find us there after the 1st of January. So I'm, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I've had great feedback, particularly from the co-hosts, but from people watching as well. We've got lots of plans with this show for how we can cater to fantasy sort of post-season. And me and Brian are looking into another show what we're going to do but we'll bring you news once we get into the new year but lots of stuff happening and uh it's the same with fantasy and um probably no more so than the running back situation um around the league i know um there's a lot of injuries i thought we'd um sort of talk about options for people um what maybe their running back has got injured and you know sort of people what are maybe not as high a profile and i know you've got some thoughts right yeah there there are quite a few names that most people normally would have at this time of year like you know mccaffrey henry cook has been missing time obviously not this past week um but cook has been missing time and you know, Najee's starting to get a little banged up. You can watch him in the games, and he's come out a couple of times. It it just really hammers the you know the fact home that it, it's so important to make sure that you're monitoring your waiver wire for guys that you may not even be thinking of. And what I want to do is I'm going to go through you know a list of names, and I'm going to get Dan's feedback on each of these guys. But these are players that you can look for, <clears throat> not only you know just for a week, but people that you can stash as emergency use players for the rest of the fantasy playoffs. If you have to, unfortunately you can't always take matchup into consideration. Sometimes you just got to go off a workload. And that's why my first one is, is Ty Johnson for the, for the New York jets. We don't know how long he'll be usable for fantasy because Michael Carter will be back at some point here within the next week or two. But right now, especially for this week, if you need somebody, I know the matchup is horrible with the saints, but with no Tevin Coleman in the lineup this week because he's missing due to a concussion, I can't imagine that there's going to be any other back that's going to get more work than Ty Johnson will. And the Saints do struggle against pass-catching running backs. 
And with Elijah Moore potentially missing, we don't know if he's going to play or not as of this moment. You know, it, the Jets are kind of banged up a little bit, not just at running back, but at the pass catching position too. He He's going to be more necessary than I think people will give him credit for. And I think it'll give him a nice baseline, even in a really tough matchup against the Saints this week. Yeah, um, Audrey, I mean, um, it's interesting. When I first started reviewing for this show, I was going to bring up Coleman just on the base of last week. And um, he has been <coughs> looking good in the absence of Carter. But at least it just makes Ty Johnson more favourable. And um, there will be a drop-off once Carter comes back. But he does always... Not so much from the Russian point of view, but he, it's not unusual for him to pick up 40 to 60 yards out of the backfield. So there is value there. Just go into it with expectation. But I expect Johnson to get used a heck of a lot because it does seem like um, White will be uh, called up from a practice rod. And for the league, well, there's not much. Even he would be worth a little bit not as much but i would last time he played he got around 40 yards and trust me johnson will get used a lot because they've got p ryan as well but this coaching staff just does not want to use him for rights and wrong that's just they don't view him as in with rotation i'm going to be honest uh, there's more chance of them doing jet sweeps every single down then use and ping right. It's just not, it's sort of like the Denzel Mims situation. It's just something they don't want to use in him. So it means Ty Johnson is going to be a necessity in the Russian and out of the backfield. So to be honest with you, I could see a situation, even though it's a tough matchup, where he'd get a combined 100 yards from scrimmage. I would not be surprised to see that happening and the o-line has been firing recently and in regard to the larger morphing i don't expect him to play no he's trashing ball and normally in the nfl if you trash ball you'll play he's missed three practices now and no players missed three practices this season with the new york jets and played so that's probably an indication they it may be that they've Play just because let's be honest Wilson's not gonna have they need Wilson to have another good game because I know they lost to Philly but in my opinion that was his best game in the NFL on the back of um just as a NFL quarterback I know he's played hero ball against the Titans but that first half he looked good so I think they want to build on this momentum so there is a odd chance Elijah Moore could play, but I don't think they'll take the risk, personally speaking. So that means Ty Johnson. So to be honest with you, he would be one of the first names I look if you need a running back for this value there. Yeah, and I, and I think that's one of the reasons why I, I like him so much, even you know, regardless of the matchup, is he's going to have to be necessary. He is necessary for this offense if Moore is going to miss. And like you said, there's a really good chance he doesn't play. I'd give him probably about 15% chance to play if, you know, a, a miracle happens and he's just feeling better today and they give him a go. But, it, you know, Johnson is needed by this offense. And if they want to keep that momentum going with, with Zach Wilson, being able to check down to somebody that they can trust in the passing game like Johnson is going to be, you know, paramount. And, you know, speaking of necessary, that's why I have the next two guys on this list as well. Uh, 
Chuba Hubbard is he's probably you know rostered in most leagues at the moment, but that I have been in more than enough leagues in more than enough uh, years to know there are players like him that people just totally give up on because they may have struggled at some point. But you know, make sure you check your waivers. He is someone that I think you need to roster, especially for this week if you need a one week fill in. Uh, against Atlanta. Atlanta's defense can't stop anybody through the air on the ground. It doesn't matter who it is. If there's ever a matchup to where you can plug him in and test to see what his value may be heading into the fantasy playoffs, this is it right here. And because of that, Amir Abdullah is also uh, someone that you can pick up the backup running back to Chuba Hubbard right now. Uh, Abdullah, you know, he, he, it's funny. He was one of the first players that I ever wrote about, uh, you know, three years ago when I started doing fantasy football content and, you know, it, obviously it never worked out when he was in Detroit, he started to pick it up a little bit in uh, Minnesota, but ever since he's gone to Carolina, he's started to work his way into the offense as, you know, their pass catcher out of the backfield. Even when uh, Christian McCaffrey was active he was still finding his way onto the field in pass catching situations. They kind of made plays for him. You know, Chuba's not going to get the McCaffrey workload that we all want him to. It's just not going to happen. But he will get the majority of carries because I feel that they, the Panthers, think that Hubbard is a better ball carrier than Amir Abdullah. But Abdullah has proven at this point that he is a much better pass catcher. Hubbard has one of the lowest catch percentages in the NFL at the running back position. And he's just not doing anything when he gets those targets. So that leaves Abdullah in any sort of PPR format as a potential flex option. And this week is going to be important. If for some reason the team decided to say, hey, we're going to just go with Abdullah as, you know, 70% of the workload and we're going to give Hubbard just the, um, you know, the change of pace carries, Abdullah becomes way more important. He's way more valuable. And you can use him throughout the fantasy playoffs because. You know, matchup or not, the pass catching running back is the guy that you can rely on in a PP, in any sort of PPR format because you don't have to worry about how good they are against the run. It's how good are they stopping pass catching running backs? And a lot of teams in this league are not good at that. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, if he's going up against a team like Buffalo or the Saints, they can still get gashed on big plays and they can still find a way to let up yards to the running back in garbage time. So those two right there are guys that I think you really need to be looking at right now as well. Yeah, um, I agree, um, and it's going to be interesting how this offense looks with the change of play calling. I don't expect too much to change this season, um, just out of necessity. But who can tell? I think there's more happening at Carolina than we can see, and that may affect fantasy going forward. Uh, we will see. Um, and um, fun fact about Abdullah, um, often a budget beast in Madden. I know separate to fantasy, but um, that is the case. Uh, and Hubbard, I agree with you, don't sleep on him, but I think a lot of people had expectations um, going into the season of him, and maybe he's a little bit um, paying the price for that because... Um, Sort of because he's not necessarily meeting those high expectations through no fault of his own. I think he will come good, but my expectation of him was always a good RB2. He was never going to be an RB1, so um, I guess it depends on what you're expecting out of him. 
Yeah, I think Mike Davis is the one to blame here because of, you know, how good he did last season in the five games that are like in the first five weeks that he replaced McCaffrey because he really did start to tail off at the end of last year. And he was worse than Hubbard has been, uh, you know, this season in replacing McCaffrey towards the end of last year. And he even screwed me over because I was, you know, all gung ho, make sure you get Mike Davis. And he has been the biggest bust of all time in, you know, Atlanta. Um the next guy that I want to mention, I got two, I got uh, three more names, but two go together. So I'll mention the one singular one first. Uh, Rex Burkett in Houston. A lot of people, they they don't even want to touch Rex Burkett, and it's for the reason of because he's the Houston Texans starting running back right now, and I don't blame you. I, I really don't want any part of the Houston Texans offense. I I've had Brandon Cooks in leagues for the past few weeks, and I found a way to get rid of him and you know make an upgrade there at wide receiver because. I just don't trust what they can do uh, offensively, but people don't understand how many carries uh, Burkett is, you know, finding his way into over the past few weeks. He's got over 40 in the past three weeks. And I know that may not sound like a ton, but he's out, he's out snapping David Johnson by a lot. He's still getting targets and, you know, taking those away from David Johnson because he's the obvious pass catching back there. And when it comes to his touchdown upside, Tyrod Taylor siphons that away. He likes to run around the goal line. He also can't get him anywhere near the goal line. Not that, you know, the new quarterback Davis Mills will do that because he probably won't. Um, But it does raise his touchdown upside now that Taylor is gone because that rushing upside at the quarterback position is gone. And the big one for Burkett is how good his schedule is uh, for the next four weeks. He plays Seattle this week. You can flex him this week and, you know, you'll get, you know, probably eight to ten points at minimum. Jacksonville next week. Los Angeles Chargers, one of the worst run defenses in, in the, all the NFL, gave up the second most touchdowns so far this season on the ground, and then San Francisco to end the season. Burkhead can be a more than serviceable fill-in, even though you don't want him on your roster. Uh, you know, just plug your nose if you really need a, uh, an emergency flex and throw him in because I can almost guarantee you he will find his way into the top 36, if not top 24, once, twice, maybe even all of these weeks coming up because the Texans are just going to find a way to, you know, give him the rock and he'll find his way into the end zone one way or another out of sheer luck. Yes. Um, I um, agree. And I was going to mention the 12 back situation is going to only help those carries. Um, there is an argument, are the Texans fully committing to the tank? And if that is the case, it may be a case that they may even run the ball more just to get through the games. Who can say? Uh, so there is an option there. And your point of Seattle is very good because that defence is just bad. Anyone can pretty much run up against them. And losing Jamal Adams as bad as he has been ain't going to help that. So to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised to see him having a bigger game than he even has recent weeks. So even if it's you add him this week and then um, say one of your running backs come healthier, um, that's a good option for just this week. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, what's your sort of uh, trend? And before I mention the last one, I just want to pound home real quick because I just thought of it in my head. Grab your handcuffs, guys. I've said this every week since week 10 in most of my articles, but it's so important because you won't have to fight over them on waivers. And when I say handcuff, I mean the guys that you know 
will move into a very profitable role once they get onto the field if the guy in front of them goes down. Hubbard, Mark Ingram, Khalil Herbert, we've already seen it with him, uh, Alexander Madison, Devontae Booker, Samaj P. Ryan, backup for Joe Mixon, Pollard, Ronald Jones for Fournette. These guys will all move into you know that 70% workload for the most part, and they will give you uh, you know, top 24 upside, no matter the matchup, just because of the workload. So always get your handcuffs, get somebody else's handcuffs. If they're still out there in the waiver wire and you got a free spot, it can only help you. But to get off of that spiel, uh, last one, Tennessee uh, running backs, Deonta Foreman and uh, Hilliard. It's a very similar situation to Carolina. Foreman is the one who will get the bulk of the carries. We saw that the last time that these guys played. Uh, Foreman had over 100 yards rushing. He had the most carries by a good margin. Hilliard showed a few weeks ago how good he can be when he's given the full workload, but they want to use him as more of a pass catcher, and that makes sense because they are really struggling to uh, you know, have pass catchers in Tennessee right now. No A.J. Brown. Oh, excuse me, sorry. No A.J. Brown. No Julio Jones, who should be back this week, so that'll help them out a little bit. Um, no John Smith because they let him go. No Corey Davis. No Josh Reynolds. These guys are all off the team now. They they don't have anybody to throw the ball to. That makes Hilliard, again, a necessity for the passing offense, and he's going to get his targets this week and you know moving forward. And we, we don't think that Derrick Henry is going to be back. Everything that we've heard is very, very possibly week four you know, 17, but if they're already clinched in the playoffs at that point, which their record is good enough, they most likely will be, even if it's just a wild card spot, they're not going to bring Henry back until they get right at playoff time because they don't want to risk any further injury to their best player, the team, they're the man that they build their offense around. Um, The only thing I will say is this backfield is more fluid than most when Henry is out. Foreman should get the most carries, but Hilliard will take some away. And the only downside to Hilliard is he can have his role shrink because we haven't seen him play a lot of snaps with Jeremy McNichols, who was the pass catching back there before McNichols comes back. I think this week, if not, it'll be next week. That's something you got to watch. He may have some of those targets siphoned away from him by McNichols. It really just depends on how they want to run this offense. And unfortunately, because there's so many guys going in and out constantly and they're big names, it's fluid. We have to watch every week and readjust our expectations as we go. But when you have the good matchups for both of these guys, I think they're both, you know, viable flexes. Foreman is the one that has the most upside because he gets the most carries, but Hilliard is someone that you need to look for in, you know, deeper PPR leagues. If you're really hurting and trying to find someone that you can flex in a pinch. Yeah. Um, Audrey and um, I believe the Titans has got the Jaguars this week. I know it's, um, definitely, I'm going to put this nicely. One of the, um, shall we say, more stinkier teams. And trust me, I view my Jets in that category. So I don't mean it's a knock. I feel sorry for the fans of those teams. Um, but um, yeah, um, coupled with this sort of subject so there's a couple of um things i wanted to mention in regard to running backs first thing delvin cook come back and looked great so for anyone who had him in their league congratulations um proves one thing i've always said for the last couple of years the vikings offense should be 
when in doubt, use Delvin Cook. And to be honest with you, Kirk Cousins tried to throw the game despite Cook's efforts. But um, congratulations to owners of uh, Delvin Cook. Do you agree, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, rest in peace to the 30% of you that didn't start him because you were worried because, goodness gracious, man, did he go off this past Thursday. Uh, fun fact, he actually had the same uh, type of injury last season, I think it was. I saw this on Twitter. I should have retweeted it. And he had a very similar stat line with the shoulder sling that he had. So maybe he should just wear that every game. Maybe it just makes him more confident to take those hits that he needs to take. Um, but yeah, it, the big thing here, guys, is when you have someone like Dalvin Cook, if he's active, you have to start him. I know the worry is there. Oh, he'll go out in five plays or they'll really limit him. When you have all the news break that he's going to get the full workload, he's okay. He'll be in a sling. There's nothing wrong with him. Play him. Don't 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 be that thirty percent that didn't start Dalvin Cook because if they were in a win now situation, they probably aren't winning this week and they're most likely out of the playoffs now. So start your studs, guys. Just start your studs. Yeah, um, I'd read and talking of studs. So Devonte Williams, a player we talked about uh, last week. Um, did he do enough? to be RB run in your opinion and also just from a separate point of view in my opinion he should be in the conversation for a rookie offensive player of the year particularly with how the quarterbacks have looked um do you think he'll be RB1 going forward or do you view it as not that not until they fully they're knocked out of the playoff berth that's this is the toughest question that I'm going to have to answer all day, and it's because it's going to make people upset if I don't answer it the way they want. So I'm going to filibuster first. So last week we we all you know you and me and many other analysts out there said you know this is the week for Javante Williams to show up if he can prove how good he is on the field without Melvin Gordon, then he should be able to start siphoning away more and more of the work as the season goes on. And he did just that. He had 23 carries for over 100 yards, six receptions on nine targets for 76 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he just went absolutely bonkers. And the offense, the Broncos brass seemed to lean into him when they knew that, you know, okay, we don't got to switch up the game plan anymore. It's not. We're going to Gordon. We're going to Williams. We're just going to Williams. And they fed him over and over and over again. He's got the trust of Teddy Bridgewater with the target share. He's He's been the guy who's been getting, you know, I would say just a slight edge in targets over Gordon uh, over the season. But now he, I think what's going to happen is, is they're still going to use Gordon because, you know, this is end of the season stuff. You want to make sure you have your guys. And if they do make a playoff run, they, they're going to want to have, you know, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon healthy because you never know what's going to happen once you get into the dance. Um, but what I think is going to happen is, is it's going to, lean more towards Javante Williams moving forward. I think he's going to get at least 60, 65% because he proved that, you know, he's the more explosive back than Gordon. Gordon is still, is still a very good running back in the NFL. He'll go to another team next year, most likely. And he'll, you know, work in just like he's doing right now in Denver, but this is Javante Williams team, you know, 2022 and beyond. And, you know, that, Looking looking ahead, not just this season, he's a top 10 running back next year once Melvin Gordon is gone. There's no question. 
But for this year, I think just to be safe and to manage your expectations, to not you know have these pie in the sky dreams that he's a top five running back every single week. He's a top 15 guy. He's got that French RB2 in him because he's going to have to share work with Melvin Gordon. And Gordon is still good. That's that's the big thing. If Gordon looked like crap the, this, the, the entire season, then you could have more confidence in Javante Williams. But, but Gordon has looked very good when he has you know gotten the ball. He's still a very confident back, and they're going to use this RB tandem when they're both healthy. Um, in terms of rookie of the year, it's so tough because, you know, it's probably going to go to Mac Jones. We all know it always goes to the quarterback, and though it's a nice story type thing because he's the new Tom Brady. I put that in air quotes. Um, but I think the big contenders he's going to have to deal with is is Chase and Waddle. Chase has kind of dropped off over the past few weeks. Uh, I think it's been past six weeks, actually. But Waddle has been exploding for the past over a month. And usually that award is more set towards the end of the season because of recency bias. So I, I would probably put him over all three of those guys if he has a strong end of season, but if he kind of middles his way through the rest of the season, you know, kind of like he has through the entire season because of Gordon, I, I would put my vote up for Jalen Waddle, but that's just me personally. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, and I, uh, for those expectations, I do think in the future he will be a top five running back in this league. He's going to be a star. I think we both agree. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm intrigued to see how they handle uh, this. And um, one last running back what I know you wanted to discuss was there's plenty of rumours around surrounding the health of Jonathan um, Taylor. Um, what, um, who should people grab if, um, his health becomes an issue? Yeah, I, I've had so many questions this week about Taylor because people are trying to be proactive, which is the smart thing to do. It's what I tell you guys to do is be proactive with your, your handcuffs and stuff. And there's no more valuable running back or fantasy player in general right now than Jonathan Taylor. Um, so you have to look at it this way. No one is going to get JT's role if he goes down in that offense because there is no back that suits the offense like Jonathan Taylor does. They've made um, Marlon Mack a healthy scratch for the better part of the latter half of this season, and I don't think that's just because they don't want him on the field if they need him. I think it's because they're saving him just in case something happens to Jonathan Taylor because they know how good Mack can be because he's been the starter for there before. Um. To me, Mac would move into this offense as the main carry leader. He'll get a couple of targets here and there, but this is a run-first offense by definition, and I don't think that will change if anything were to happen to Jonathan Taylor. I think Mac is the guy that has the most upside, but he does have the lower floor because I don't think he's going to get a lot of that you know, uh, passing work. Hines, we've already seen what Hines can do uh, when he's given the passing downs role. Last season, he was a top 24 running back by the end of the year, and that was – really just on his target share alone. He did not run the ball a lot. He did not get a lot of carries. Uh, that was Jonathan Taylor's role. Now Jonathan Taylor has taken everything for himself, which we all kind of assumed that was going to happen anyways. Um, but Hines, Hines is the pass catcher that they're going to use, and they will put him in the situation where he'll get those 8 to 10 targets a game while Mac takes over and carries the ball 20 times. It's really more of what you would want 
but you just know that you're not going to get what Jonathan Taylor provides every single week. Mac, more upside, lower floor. Hines, higher floor, lower upside because he's not going to have the goal line work like Mac will. In my opinion, that's what it will likely shake out to at least. Yeah, um, I'd really, um, and it's going to be interesting how this plays out. Um, another thing we, we sort of touched on is Demar Chase. He isn't hasn't quite had the effect recent weeks um, that he has recently at the start of the season and it's a big topic of discussion of is this the week he's going to go off um i do think that's coming i don't it's hard to say whether it's going to be this week i thought it might have been last week uh but i think it's just the sheer fact of you can't stay that hot for that long not in the nfl and also a little bit of it is there's more tape on him so maybe some uh, teams are doing something different and until we adjust to that then that will keep happening so will it be this week i don't know but i do expect it to come before the end of the season yeah i I think he's going to have one or two more you know really big games um i think this has happened for more than a couple of reasons it's 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 not all on chase because i think you're right the league has figured him out a little bit and they've shifted top coverage to him because they know that that's Joe Burrow's top guy. That's just the way that the NFL progresses. And he's still a rookie, you know, he's, he's got things he's got to work through, even if we're not seeing them on the field or they're not being talked about off the field. Um, He's, he's been okay for the past six weeks, but he, it has been six weeks since he's had the Jamar chase game, you know, for fantasy purposes. Um, I think two of the biggest issues is the offense has gone more run heavy. Zach Taylor has made that offense, you know, run centric. He's given all of his faith in Melvin Gordon and, or I'm sorry, not Melvin Gordon, uh, Joe Mixon. And Mixon has done very well with all of the work that he's gotten and he's led them to victories or he's made it, you know, impossible for them to win because the Bengals stay so one dimensional on offense. I'll leave that for Cincinnati fans to discuss. But the other big issue is T. Higgins' health. Higgins is now fully healthy, and we knew starting the season that Higgins, you know, was going to have not a breakout season, obviously, but he was going to be worked more and more into this offense as the potential number one. One, because of his, you know, status as the the older receiver of the two, and he's already been in the offense, knows the playbook, all this fun stuff, has more, has rapport with Joe Burrow in the NFL. And now he's starting to show up, you know, he's taken valuable targets. He's found his way into the end zone. It just, when you have an offense that has as many weapons as the Bengals have, you know, for pass catching purposes, this is going to happen to a guy like Jamar Chase. And you just got to kind of keep starting them and rolling with the punches. If there's any week that he can do it, it could be this week. San Francisco is, you know, mid pack, lower end against wide receiver for fantasy purposes this year. And they're dealing with a lot of different injuries on offense. So it's either going to go one of two ways. The Bengals could find a way to win and keep the pressure on and, you know, keep the ball to themselves by running the ball with Joe Mixon or the San Francisco offense will explode like it has over the past month. And they're going to have to throw to stay in this game. And it could come down to a big, you know, Jamar chase reception touchdown to keep things interesting and close. So, this is one of the better weeks to bet on it happening, but don't, don't give up on Jamar chase. He's going to be, you know, 
looking towards the future into 2022. He's going to be a top 12 wide receiver drafted next season. And there's no reason to give up on someone, especially since he's still getting a lot of targets and he's still producing even at a low end flex level when he's bad. Like most wide receivers, if they're bad, they're ranked in the sixties for the week. Jamar chase is still finding his way around that top 40, top 30. So I don't think there's any reason to try and, you know, sit him if you're worried about what he's been doing over the past month and a half. Yeah, um, Andre, and uh, this brings us on to our last topic, and that's the two matchups we like for this week. Um, so uh, the first matchup I like is the Browns' run defense has not been good this year. So um, Lamar Jackson, I expect him to have a big day. And also, given their recent performance, the Ravens ain't been quite themselves, so I expect them to lean heavy on his legs and um he can want to win this matchup against the browns um and the other a matchup i like is i think we can all agree uh for a long time the packers have owned the bears and i expect that to continue so any owners of aaron Rodgers and Devontae adams i expect them to do well um, if you have any flex option for the Packers offense, I would also suggest playing them. So they're two matchups I like. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Rodgers is one of my top-rated quarterbacks this week. I think he made my top three. And uh, J- Jackson, the the Ravens just need to kind of get back to what Jackson does best, and that's you know dominating teams on the ground. And the Browns are the team to do that against. I always feel like Jance- Jackson has a really good game against the Browns for fantasy purposes too. So don't don't worry about his recent struggles. Fire him up. I don't think you're going to have any issues. Um, my two, I, I'm taking a risk here. Um, I have Saquon Barkley against the Chargers, and I know that Saquon has really struggled as of late. He hasn't been anywhere near the running back that you drafted last for you know earlier this year, and or traded for at this point because of the injury, and you wanted to try and boost your roster towards the end of the year. Um, but this is the get right matchup of all get right matchups for a running back that's struggling. The Chargers can't stop anything on the ground. They give up twenty plus points per game on average so far this year's running backs. Um, they gave up, they have given up the second most rushing touchdowns on the season behind only the jets, um, on the ground. So it's, if there's any week for him to have that high upside, you know, RB one top 12 type of week, this is the week for him to do it. Even though the giants offense is banged up and struggling and stuff like that, it's that type of matchup where they need to lean on Saquon Barkley to help carry them to not only a potential victory against the Chargers, which I don't think will happen, but just to keep them in the game, you know, up until the fourth quarter. And then uh, my second one is uh, Dalton Schultz. Uh, Dalton Schultz plays Washington this week, and we all know how bad the Washington defense has been this season. They've improved over the last, you know, month or so. Uh, it, it, But I'm not worried about that. The, they've still let up quite a few – or they've still let up a lot of points – uh, through the air for fantasy purposes. And my big reason for this is the Cowboys are beat up right now at running back. Zeke is, you know, we've all seen how limited he's been recently because of his injury. And now Pollard's popping up and missing practice with a foot injury. If their third running back is Corey Clement, as an Eagles fan, you don't got to worry about Corey Clement because he can't really do very much. Um, it, it's not, 
they need to throw the ball. Basically, they're going to have to run through the air, as you would hear on you know uh, broadcasts. They they have to manufacture yardage through the air in this game on short passes because their running backs are just banged up right now. They're still going to obviously run the ball at a decent rate, but it's not going to be as effective as they're going to want it. And these division matchups, Washington always finds a way to keep it competitive against Dallas. It seems like I think Schultz has a really good chance at, you know, finding the end zone this week. He's very safe based off of volume. He's had five targets every single week, the past six weeks or more. So fire up Schultz. I know he's had, you know, a couple up and down games here in the past you know month or so, but this is the week where I think he's going to, you know, get himself back into that top six conversation. Yeah, um, I agree. And if anyone um, knows that division, it's you watching it, um, being an Eagles fan, so um, both picks from that division. Um, I'm intrigued to see how Saquon does um, for the rest of the season because I think he needs a big um, couple of weeks or... Um, his future might not be good. Um, a lot of changes are coming to the Giants. So we will see. Um, as I close for show, one thing I did want to mention is that Ryan's just a hundred follows away from a thousand followers on Twitter. His um handles at the bottom of the screen, but also there's a link. In the description of the episode, please do help him out. Follow, retreat. It really would help him out. Um, and um, we'll be back next week. Um, one subject we will be talking about is what quarterbacks you can trust going deep into a season. We was going to discuss it this week, but um, I've, I've passed it over to next week. Uh, but um, that's a thing important for anyone what's in the playoff picture what guys they can trust um i'm excited to hear ryan's thoughts on that and we'll be back next week ryan yeah absolutely um uh if there's anything uh any questions that you guys have over the weekend and you want to have start sit questions or guys you can maybe potentially pick up before games start go to any of my social medias uh you know facebook twitter instagram uh, I'm on the Fantasy Life app. I'm on LinkedIn, Sleeper app. I'm on everything right now. Um, and do be sure to check out my uh, uh, Week 14 favorites and fades, basically my love-hate list for this week. That'll be out uh, closer later this afternoon, um, and I'll be posting it onto the Let's Talk Sports page and stuff like that so you guys can read up before the games start tomorrow. Yeah, and I encourage everyone to check it out and also follow Ryan's page while you're there. We'll be back next week. Thank you for joining me this week, Ryan. Absolutely, Dan. I can't wait to come here next week and start talking some uh, playoff fantasy football. It's, it's where it really counts. Uh, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to a lot of exciting things to happen in the season. And uh, thanks to everyone for watching. And until next time, let's talk sport, fans.